Welcome to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast. Art and Tony are two marketers who talk about the daily battle to build a brand, grow careers, innovate, and learn. Hello there, and welcome back to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast, a special Turkey Day edition of, of, of this podcast. I wanted to think of a sound that I could use. Like, if this was our Christmas episode, I could be like, ho, ho, ho. But, like, they don't have something like that associated Actually, for Thanksgiving. We we have this um, we have this on our website, uh, Great War, World War One, mm-hmm. tie-in, and you can look, read about what our metaphor is related to. But a hit movie from the 1930s starring Gary Cooper called Sergeant York. Oh, um, I hadn't of thought of that. That is linked on there, and if you remember from that movie, there is an iconic scene at the beginning. Where drunk Gary Cooper shoots a turkey, right? Oh, and it, Tony, he this tricks fits. the turkey into putting his head up by going gobble 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 gobble. <laughs> There's our sound effect. We are now officially. It, which is then the way that an hour and a half later in the movie, he tricks the Germans into coming out of their hole so he can shoot them <laughs> in the trench. So I guess so, that is our official it. sound I, effect. I, I related the metaphor and the... And you started us out well. You know, ter- you know... I'm thankful for that movie from the 1930s. Tony, it is a good movie to be thankful for. And I'll just say <laughs> that when it comes to thankfulness, if, if our listeners are looking for a way on this beautiful frigid, if you're up north like we are, frigid Thanksgiving, or if you're back where I grew up in Miami, Florida, nice, warm, and toasty Thanksgiving... If you're looking for a way to be thankful, we're hoping that you will enjoy what we have in store for you because we decided to do something a little bit different. We've taken you before on, you know, ground control to Major Tom Turkey. That's one of my favorite Thanksgiving episodes. If you haven't heard it, go back in the archives. But this time we thought we'd change things up and just get real with you about things that we, your hosts, are thankful for as we look back over our careers and what brought us to this point of where we are in our marketing journeys. So Tony, I'm thankful I'll let... for our listeners. Oh, you took one of mine. Look at that cheating. But yes, I'm thankful for our listeners too. <laughs> I'm thankful for my podcast host. Uh, I'm thankful for my podcast host, Tony. This is, okay, this, so is... this is, this is like my kids. This is where we're like, we get through the obvious thankful for so that we can actually get to the meat of it. Exactly. Yes. Like my kids, when they yelled in church this past Sunday, I'm thankful for my toys. And my <laughs> pastor said, you know, I think we're all thankful for our toys. <laughs> so what's the less obvious one, Tony, that you have down? Oh, I, I would put here that I'm grateful for Eloqua. Eloqua, you see, as that ironic would not... as this sounds, um, and I don't actually even use it anymore, but <laughs> Eloqua was one of those first marketing automation platforms, and when I first began my marketing career, I didn't know a lot about marketing, but I did know about logic uh-huh. and repeatable processes and data, so... Eloqua was the way that I was able to translate the skills that I had into marketing. And I was working for Doug Johnson, may he rest in peace, who you also know. And uh, Doug really trained me up on the four P's of marketing and A-B testing 
and premiums and value propositions and all of that and was ensuring that what we were doing for our marketing had that kind of personalization. In a lot of ways, I'm like, oh my word, he was kind of next after before next after was really a national thing. And at the same time, he also was such a empowering person. Like he hired me with no real marketing experience and then entrusted me with a project that he had been advocating for for three years inside the association. And it's just like, wow. Like, when someone believes in you like that, yeah, um, it, it is something to be thankful for. Like, I look back and I'm like, yeah, Doug is definitely someone who, who changed the trajectory of my life by really showing me that marketing didn't have to be like something that I did for a couple of years while my wife finished school. Like marketing could be my career. Like yeah. I could do this and enjoy it and be good at it. And in a lot of ways, I think like even the stuff that I'm doing today, um, a lot of ways it, it owes to Doug starting those things out and, uh, Really, one of the things that I think meshed, even though we were so different, was that I'm a very curious person and Doug was very curious as well. And so to have those things go together, um, we were always trying new tests, um, trying new ideas, trying to get our association to update some processes uh, so that we could do those things. And I think that he would love the podcast already. I do. Oh, I think he so would. Anyway, too. yeah, I would. I would put that. Doug was one of the, one of the people that I'm really thankful for, not just in terms of marketing, but also in terms of, of, um, my life in general. And that all comes back to, the fact that, Doug, got Eloqua and he needed someone to run it. <laughs> yeah. So he hired me. And I'm just like, I'm looking back at this now. I'm like. No, never in my wildest dreams would I hire someone in their early 20s to run my Eloqua instance at an association. Uh, but he I, did that. There and, you were. Uh, it really, really transformed what I've done in the last 10, 12 years. Tony, I love that story for so many reasons. And I think one of the biggest is it speaks to something we've talked about so much when we talk about being good managers on this podcast. And that's the ability a manager has to see talent in someone and call it out and help it grow. And what I, what I think is so inspiring about that power is that when a manager does this, or anyone really does this, it doesn't have to be a manager, but when you do this in someone else's life, you're often calling out something that the person themselves has very little idea they even have, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you and I were in college together down the same dormitory hall, neither of us imagined we'd be sitting in the same trench each week doing a podcast where we were talking <laughs> about marketing. Like if I had I think to I guess, heard a podcast like twice in my life by that point. already. I think at that time, if I had to have guessed that this thing called podcast we barely knew about, that we'd be involved in one, it would have been involved in something political because we were both poli sci majors. 
Like that's what we were studying. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I had thoughts in my mind, maybe I'll be at the state department, maybe the halls of Congress. You know, I, I really didn't know. And so if I was to guess, one of the last things I would have guessed is that I would be writing donation pages and doing A-B testing. But yet here we are. And, probably, so, and you might be having an even larger effect on the trajectory of, our, of America or at least our local community than you would otherwise. Yeah, and that's uh, the thing that, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say that, like, I, I wouldn't be like, I'm thankful that I learned to settle. That's not it's not settling already no it's not it's not at all and that's what i love about this is that you and i had different reasons for arriving where we arrived and for Mm -hmm. yours that journey started with with your boss seeing talent in you and saying i'm gonna call this out i'm gonna i'm gonna water this so it grows i'm gonna add fuel to the fire whatever analogy you want to use for it like that's Mm -hmm. what they did for you and and we get to do that each day and the decisions we make in the lives we get to touch. So, yeah. you know, there's a thought for our listeners, you know, who is it that you know <laughs> that has that skill set that you can call out? You know, for me, for me, my journey, like I look back at the the things that trained me and one of the, the, the first things that I wrote down and I was like, what do I want to talk about on our next recording where we talk about things to be thankful for? It's kind of funny for anyone who attended our college, but I'm thankful for spinny papers. Like spinny papers are kind of legendary at Patrick Henry College's campus for being super difficult freshman year papers, like really difficult. And when I had my first paper submitted to him, mine was no exception. I got a 69, which means I was one point away from a C. And I remember Mm -hmm. looking at that. I'd never gotten a D in my life. And I looked at that paper and I was just devastated and angry. I was angry because I was like, surely there's something worth one additional point on this entire sheet of paper, right? But I went and I met with the professor and I started working. And what I love about that experience and why I'm thankful for it is if I didn't know and learn how to write, I wouldn't be creating donation pages and emails and things like that today. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And if you had asked me when we were friends in college, hey, Artie, do you want to do a job where you're going to be writing all the time? I'd be like, eh, no, like not going to do it. I hate writing. That's not something I enjoy. But those exercises in college gave me the skills I needed to actually be able to do that. And so I'm so yeah. thankful for that challenge because it wasn't something I would have chosen. I wouldn't have been like, hey, well, I want to work on my writing. Yeah, but it's not like you're writing an academic paper for these donation pages. It's 1,600 words, right? Like, Dr. Spinney was teaching you the skills of perseverance, the skills of going back and saying, hey, what if I rewrote this? Could this be even better? Exactly. Um, Wouldn't it have been great with those papers if you could have A-B tested what you submitted? I would have loved it. Like, that that (laughs) would have been interesting. Like, if I could have been like, okay, Dr. Spinney, which of these versions do you like better? Is it A or is it B? You know, where does it go? I also say that like you, you know, my, your your eloquence was kind of what brought you there. For me, Mm -hmm. it was really um, working as an admissions counselor for five years. Because at first I viewed that job as, as kind of a, I'm settling right now. I have my degree in political science, but I'm going to do this admissions counselor thing because I need a job, right? I graduated college. This is the, this is readily available. I love traveling and I love talking to people. So sure. I'll Mm -hmm. just, I'll do this for a little bit. 
But as I started down that road, I realized I'm actually marketing now. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm marketing a college. I'm marketing a degree program. I'm marketing this to, you know, investors, right? Students and their parents, right? It was a big ticket ask because, you know, four years at the time at at our alma mater was about $130,000 to $160,000, give or take for four years. So, you know, this was Mm -hmm. a major investment that we were, we were selling. And I discovered to my surprise that I loved it, which is why Mm -hmm. when the job opened up at CareNet and it was all in marketing and fundraising and communicating and blogging and all of this, it was something that made sense because it was something I was already doing and discovering a passion for. And so Mm -hmm. as, as I think about that, I'm like, you know, if we're not willing to think outside of the boxes of our degrees, of our formal academic training, whatever that may be, then we're often going to limit ourselves in the opportunities we take. And we won't dis- we may not discover the things that will most excite us. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it and I'm like, man, this is so much more fun and exciting than being a poli-sci person ever would have been you know i did moot court and mock trial right and i had all these people being like hey you're really good at this are you going to be an attorney and i had all these friends and family back and back home they were like oh Artie's going to be an attorney he's going to work at some big law firm and i'm having Mm -hmm. way more fun than i ever would if i was at a stuffy law firm (laughs) like i just i just am and i have friends who are lawyers and i want to keep them on good fringe friendly terms if i ever need their services but like I am. I thought you were going to say, so I have friends that are lawyers, so I won't libel them right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is that too. Against me. Yes, that's right. There is no defamation of lawyers at all on this podcast. As you hear in our disclaimer every episode, we are not attorneys, (laughs) nor do we give legal advice. Um, But yeah, like. All of our advice is illegal. (laughs) That's right. Nothing but the most illegal, right? So. Oh, that's great. You know... Yeah, uh, I, another thing I was going to put on here that I'm really thankful for is the whole concept of a marketing manifesto. And that really came from uh, my boss at Aptify, Dave Martin. Mm-hmm. And he just perpetuated such a fun office. Uh, again, it was, it was a lot of stress to say, okay... We have to deliver three sales qualified leads every quarter, right? Sure. But uh, we had clear goals that that was what we were working towards. A lot of experimentation, a lot of uh, trying to identify best practices, then innovate on top of them. And he had a motto that was in his marketing manifesto of always be learning and yes. really inculcated that across the whole team. Yeah. And I think that if I had to say one thing that I learned from Dave above any, anything else was that you have to disrupt yourself. Yeah. And this isn't only just about marketing. I think that that learning from Dave really uh, translates to a lot of things in life, right? Our goal in life is not always to resist all of the change. Our response to change many times should be, how do I help? harness this change how do i adapt to this change and then use this change to make the world around me better right um and dave really pushed that right 
and he he was he was like I don't know about these podcast things, <laughs> but we're gonna learn about them. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about video advertising, but Aptify we're is gonna, gonna figure make it out. Great videos, you know. Like yeah. I don't know what the best strategy for a blog is, but we're gonna try a lot of stuff and we're gonna figure it out. And just to constantly have the idea that like the the role of all of us is to learn more things and contribute that and have a hive mind team of knowledge. I mean, like we were bringing in Marcus Sheridan to come talk to our team before Marcus Sheridan was famous. Uh, We're working with Marcus Sheridan's agencies and it was just a really cool experience. Um, And I think that when people are like, where did you learn marketing? It's like, I learned marketing for working for Dave at Actify for two years. That's um, awesome. Because that was where we're going to say everything is rigorous. Everything has to be um, the best that we can make it. You know, we're never going to try to let perfection be the enemy of the good. But um, like every everything was on a schedule and we delivered to the deadlines. And it really was a boot camp of understanding marketing. And when I think about about Dave, I'm really grateful for that. That's really cool. Yeah, when when I when I look at the people who were influential, you know, I see I see two bosses in particular who created environments like you're describing. Um, one was my was my first boss when I was in admissions and his name was Bill and he just poured into his staff. And he not only poured into them, but he also invested in them. So I still remember mm-hmm. like him paying what I thought at the time. I was just like, how much was this conference going to cost? Like I had never been to like a professional development conference. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he was like, no, but you need to learn. He's like, you need to learn these skills for marketing. You need to learn what's out there. And that was actually the first time I even heard about Facebook like Facebook as a technique for getting word out. And I remember right. coming like back Facebook, from that. Not Facebook as like a way to organize pranks. No, but like Facebook as here's a way to market, right? Market your program, market your school. And I remember yeah, being I remember really that intrigued. Epi- Sorry, I'm interrupting you. But no, I, I remember having an epiphany that, oh, Facebook is for selling stuff. Yeah, exactly. Selling ads. Like, wait, I didn't realize this this long time. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Like, where has this been hiding? <laughs> and, and then he sent me to another leadership development conference where I attended a whole workshop about using Facebook list creation to learn. Because at the time, this was way back in the Wild West days, where if you created an interest-based list, Facebook would actually tell you how many people were in it. Like right. now that's all masked, right? But like yeah. you could actually find out, oh, there are 6,000 users on Facebook who like watching Battlestar Galactica in French. Whoa, like who knew? Like, you know what I mean? Like you can get like really targeted. And I was like, man, this is so interesting. And I look back and like now I spend so much time in Facebook, right? And Mm -hmm. that didn't, like I didn't get there while I was working in admissions, but that's planted a seed. And then that seed was was wandered, was watered when I came over to CareNet and I started working with Vince who was very much like Bill, but younger. Like he poured into his staff. He, he pours, I should say. He's still doing it, but pours into his staff and invests in them learning the skills they need to be effective. And one of the things that I love about both of these men that I've had the honor of working with is neither of them make you feel like 
your success is a threat to them. Because sometimes you see this in the workplace, right? Where it's like you have people, whether in a management position or not, but who don't want you to be successful because then it means they kind of don't look as good, you know? Like there's that mm-hmm. kind of competitiveness that can work into the workplace. when And that's toxic, right? May, and Yeah, can I just interject here? Sure. That might just be an in- indication that there's not enough work that needs to get done. Like, I think if you truly are overwhelmed and you're t- picking up every marketing opportunity your organization has, there's there's plenty for everyone to do without feeling like exactly. we all have to fight over this. We don't. You shouldn't be fighting. Like, it's not a scarcity mindset. But like, what I loved about both of these men what, and, and and loved working with both of these men is they viewed everyone's success as a mutual lifting of the boat, right? Like this isn't competitive. Like we're all striving towards the same goal. goal. And one of the things that then he invested early on at my time at CareNet in was learning Facebook, right? And they sent me to this to this workshop put on by Next After. It was their first certification workshop. And it's funny because until recently, I think they finally updated it. Next After was still using me in one of the videos because I was like there bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so to speak right at this first ever certification workshop and it was all about turning facebook likes into donor dollars and i came out of that workshop and that's when the flame was lit where i'm like okay we're going to do this we're going to we're going to make money on facebook we're, I, we've been I doing it wrong i remember you talking to me about this yeah like, i was like what is this next after cult that Artie has joined? Yeah. yeah, I had drunk the Kool-Aid on that trip down to Plano, <laughs> Texas. Like, and I just remember coming back and I was like, we've been using Facebook wrong because we'd been going after likes. We were going after vanity metrics. And I'm like, what are we doing? And we started really committing ourselves. And that really kickstarted a whole journey of growth that led me to here, being on this podcast with you each week, talking about Facebook and social media algorithms and all that stuff. But what I love is, you and I, neither of us compared notes, but I'm hearing mm-hmm. this consistent theme where we're able to look at people who were managers in our careers that we're thankful for because they helped us get to the point where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And including including my managers, like before I was at Aptify, when I was like, thank you for teaching me what not to do. Yes, so it's true. Yes. And we both all. have those stories. Like mm-hmm. we, this is what... This is one of the things that as I was thinking about this episode, I'm like, what do we want to say for Thanksgiving? What, you know, without being as punny as we might have been. And, and I think one of the biggest methods, themes, and this probably will transition us a bit, Tony, into some of the over the top recommendations mm-hmm. I think we have. But one of these themes is that we need to be grateful. I think it's so easy as marketers to get frustrated with, what Facebook's algorithm no longer can do thanks to that darn Apple and their iOS updates or, you know, frustrated because we have the wrong CRM or frustrated because we're on some archaic donor platform that doesn't give me the data I need or, you know, the list just goes on. And worse yet, if you're listening to podcasts, even like our own, maybe you Mm -hmm. come away frustrated because you're like, man, Tony and Artie are describing all these great tests and things that, you know, I wish we could do in our organization, but I don't have the authority or I don't have the bandwidth or I don't have the resources, right? Like we can get into this mindset so easily of being discontent with Mm -hmm. where we are as a marketer in our organization. 
And the danger, there's two dangers to that I see. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this, Tony, what you think about it. But I think there's two big dangers to that. One is personal, right? If I'm in that discontented mindset, it's just not going to be healthy for me. I'm not going to enjoy going to work. I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing. I'm probably not going to be as great of a person to be around in the office or on Zoom, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, right? But the second is it actually is going to negatively impact, I believe, the product that's being created by that marketer for their corporation or their brand or their nonprofit, whatever it may be. Because if the marketer, the person doing the selling, creating the content is discontented with that entire organization or with what's going on, that tone, it's going to bleed in. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to this. Okay. I'm just not sure that marketer determines bad marketer or upset marketer like tanks results always. Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say always, but I, I feel like there's okay. going to be an influence. I feel like it's going to be a shade, maybe a, a yeah. coloring to it. Yeah, I guess like we've talked about this on the podcast though before, like with rhetoric with like the Tertullian thing. Like when when do we feel like we're making something up? And it's like, oh, you're not really making that up. You're manufacturing an emotion that you felt at one point mm-hmm. and restating it to fundraise or um, sell later on. I love how you just took us back to season one, if we had seasons of the podcast. Like that's way back. <laughs> Tertulli- Tertullian. <laughs> Our listeners are going to be like, man, I don't remember that episode. It's we, in the archives. We talked about that in an episode a, a year ago or two. I think, like, I'm not going to get us all in there right now. But suffice to say, like, uh, I think that that kind of interpretation of it is enough to say that, like, as a marketer, you don't have to feel every emotion that your brand is going to feel in order to be successful. I agree. Uh, that's a good but clarification. I think, I think like a marketer who's not excited about what they're trying to sell and promote is not going to be um, necessarily as innovative as a marketer who is like, yeah, I really want to go do this. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's I think that's a great clarification. And so that's that's I guess that's what I'm saying is like I don't think that like I could uh, strap some. Uh, sensors on your forehead already and detect whatever mood you're in right now and use that to predict how much money your email is going to raise <laughs> that is a great question i you're but probably not i able think to do that. i think that i could in general like understand your mood towards your work and your brand and what you're doing and predict how well your organization is going to do over the next year 18 months right i think that that would be a reasonable mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, argument to make so yeah i guess like my objection to what you said is is only like on a short time frame and i think it holds over a longer time frame that's a, that's a great clarification you see that's what i love about this because this is what we do you know we come in here with these ideas and we get to sharpen them together and, and actually create something <laughs> that i think is a stronger articulation because i agree with everything you just said like that is that is i think that where we find the ultimate danger here and so I guess yeah, yeah. I guess for me, as I think about this, for you listening on this chilly or hot, depending on where you are, Thanksgiving Day, um, my hope for you is that you can take some time to look 
back over what brought you to this place in your career. To look back and see who were the people who called out things in your life. What were the fork in the road moments where you suddenly took a right turn that you never thought you would take and found yourself doing this thing of marketing? Because if you do that, I think you can discover or maybe rediscover the passions and the joys that are in this field. Because, I mean, when you stop and think about it, we do an amazing thing. As marketers, we're motivating people to take actions that they are predisposed not to take. Like, mm-hmm. if you're getting... From inertia. From inertia. Not from hypnosis. Not from hypnosis. But, like, think about it. You're not disposed to spend money. Like, you're predisposed to hoard, to protect, to conserve. Like, that is... Like, the brain is the laziest muscle in your body. No one wakes up in the morning saying, man, I really hope someone emails me asking me for money today. Like, no one does that. Or make me think, yeah. Right? Or makes me think. Makes me make lots of decisions. We walk into that situation where the, the deck is stacked against us. And we get to help people discover value that they never knew about. Or they'd heard of but hadn't understood. Like we get to help people realize that the dream that they have, the thing that's keeping them up at night and getting them excited about changing their world or making it better, we as marketers get to connect them with the way of making that dream become a reality. Like what could be more exciting than that? What field could be more invigorating than that? So with that, yay marketing. That's right, yay <laughs> so, marketing. So on Thanksgiving, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for all of our listeners. We're thankful for marketers. That's right. You know who you are. Our faithful listeners, our faithful fellow travelers in this journey of marketing. We thank you for making us part of your Thanksgiving tradition. Now, tune in. Not next Thanksgiving. You can do it sooner <laughs> than that. We'll be here next week as we begin our countdown to Christmas which I just realized I don't even know what that's going to mean for the podcast, but stay tuned. It'll mean something, but our countdown (laughs) to Christmas, you've got your nativity calendars. You've got your Lego nativity calendars, but now you can have your once a week podcast calendar. That's right. Like the four weeks of Advent, you've got the four weeks of marketing trench warfare and, uh, Stay tuned for okay. more fun. Send us your comments, your observations, or your questions to marketingtrenchwarfare at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Artie Coolidge. And I'm Tony Kavicki. And we will catch you friends later. Artie and Tony are nonprofit marketing directors. Views and opinions expressed on this podcast are as of date of recording, are independent of their employers, and are not to be used as investment or legal advice.